Hey everybody, uh, thanks for joining us today, logging in, catching this after the fact, whatever it works for you. Uh, I'm here with Dan Saunders. He is the Growth Marketing Director at Swipe Clock. Dan and I have known each other for a long time, at least 10 years. I don't know if it's exactly 10 years, Dan. At least. It's been at least that. And uh, worked together, kept in touch, bounced ideas off each other. And uh, Dan's had some interesting experiences at Swipe Clock that we're gonna dive into. But uh, first off, Dan, how are you? How are things going? I'm doing well, Travis. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I liked how when you kind of mentioned this on LinkedIn that you were going down this project that it was getting you out of your comfort zone. This is kind of new for me too, but I like the idea. Uh, but I'm doing well, man. You know, surviving what's been kind of a wild three years, but yeah. things are going well and I'm excited to be here with you. For sure, for sure. How's the uh, how's the fantasy football team? How'd you do this year? So I gave up fantasy football because I was getting really upset at my imaginary football team made up of young men running around in tights. And I figured, you know, if that was causing me to stress and keeping me up, maybe I needed a step back. And I have not missed it, by the way. So I still love watching Red Zone. I consider Red Zone my favorite football team. Yeah. So, you know, still a fan, but no, no more fantasy football. That works. Well, it's been a good time to be a University of Utah football fan. Last That's couple. right, baby. Yeah, yeah. sure. All right, Dan, why don't we dive in? Uh, tell me about Swipe Clock. For those who don't know, you know, what, what do you guys do and, and uh, what's, what's your experience been there? Yeah, so I've been at Swipe Clock for a while now, I think around six years. And to give you kind of the high level of what Swipe Clock does, I think people listening to this might understand it best as HR tech. So when you think of companies like that that are big that we all know adp bamboo hr paychecks paycor i mean i know all of them but the list goes on and on those are sort of the giants and there's a lot of variations of people who do things uh, in that space specifically what swipe clock does is kind of offer a suite of all of those type of hr products a business would need so time and attendance for your employees scheduling hiring onboarding and a lot of other little things and trying to help really small to medium-sized businesses manage that and stay compliant while doing that. One thing to set up, say a PTO program with difficult accruals in Utah, as opposed to California or New York. So when you use a company like Swipe Clock to help you do that, it streamlines the process and makes your life a lot easier. That's the goal at least. So uh, HR tech, I think, you know, buyers of Swipe Clock would think of it as a workforce management type system might be what you would see if you were looking for it online for your own business, like on Google or something like that. But that's what Swipe Clock does. And it's been around a while doing it. Cool. And you, like you said, you've been there for a while. So um, I know it's evolved over time. Yeah. What was the main marketing focus channel for you guys when, when you started? Yeah. So it's interesting. Swipe Clock has been around a long time and it's had a few different iterations um, and it's grown a lot since I've been there. But initially when I started, we sold those products directly through a channel of resellers and really the products were white label. So, you know, Swipe Clock was known to these CPAs, banks, PEOs, kind of lists of firms like that, where they could take their our products, brand them however they would like and resell them to their kind of existing install base or new clients as well. And they did that successfully for a long time. We have thousands of retail partners, and it's been uh, a really great relationship with them for, the, for a long time. Around three years ago, we decided to dip our toe in the water and go direct. 
And so really my focus the last three years and where I've been really kind of enjoying my work here and doing a lot of cool things has been on that kind of stretch to go and direct on our own while maintaining a channel of resellers. Um, so that's kind of where it started and where am I where I'm at now and I'm sure we'll talk about it but but going direct um, with really a new product to a market that didn't know us at, know us at all yeah. um, was a challenge and exciting and, it, and it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, talk to us about that evolution. What was it like yeah. to go from you know nobody knows who you are to try and sell it? Yeah. So you know internally there had always been talk of the idea of going direct and how to do it, when to do it, while maintaining a, an important relationship with our channel partners. Um, so we had kicked the tires a couple times, and there were a couple pretty valiant efforts to go direct. But there were things like I'm not sure the timing was right, or if the company was in the right spot. One of the big things was our the products in a good position to be pushed direct where people could manage them a lot easier on their own, get started a lot easier on their own. So there was a lot of heavy lifting in the background that product and development had to do before we felt confident in saying, we have a product that we can push to people that they can fill out a quick form and start using today. So there was a lot of back and forth, but roughly around 2020, um, the company really took that big step. They brought in a direct team and I was, switched from the channel to the direct side. Uh, we brought in consultants uh, for better or worse, you know, but we had a lot of work to do, a lot of research to do. Where did we fit in the market? Our product marketing was a heavy lift on, you know, figuring out things like pricing and all of the stuff that comes with it. Um, and then launching a brand. The brand is actually Workforce Hub. It's actually what our main product is called as well. Um, and taking Workforce Hub live to the market. And after we kind of finished all of this research, all of this work trying to figure out where we are, a, a pandemic hit, yeah. um, which was exciting, especially within the months that we wanted to launch. But, but fortunately, uh, we got the team in the right spot really right around then. My boss, Trish, came in as the VP of marketing and things really started to take a hold. Um, and I guess, you know, it's the fun kind of, you know, stake in the sand moment is, Sort of launching a website, right? And saying, here we are, here's workforcehub.com to a world that did not know us in that space. There might have been some brand equity in Swipe Clock, but really only to our channel resellers. So we were kind of starting off brand new, which is fun and hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I always remember trying to set goals and having no idea what to say from a goal perspective. How many, you know, trying to back in the old fashioned way to how many leads do I need? for X amount of ops, for X amount of, you know, closed one business. And we're looking at our history of, you know, through our channel, there had been some direct stuff. Uh, so really a complete adventure to start. But we have launched and so far it's gone really well and we're really excited about it. You know, to start it's how do we get people to this website to know who we are? Yeah. And, you know, there were huge investments and it's an ongoing battle, as you know, in SEO to get the site optimized and to get people finding us, to get content on the site. We rely heavily on our blog to kind of get people brought in at the top of the filter really and start to know who we are and, and show off our expertise. And then we had big investments in a lot of different channels. PPC is a big important one for us, Google ads. And then really to start, and I don't know how many other people have gone down this road on the B2B side, but 
We invested pretty heavily to start and still rely on them some in PPL programs. We call them lead aggregators, but a paper lead program. And I think people will be familiar with things like software advice is a pretty big sort of SaaS review site slash place where people can come to a market, explain sure. who they are and what product they need. And then software advice will connect them with vendors who they think can help. And so as SEO is still building, as our Google campaigns are ramping, LinkedIn campaigns are ramping, we did a lot of that type of stuff to start bringing in leads. And the hope is, right, we can trim that down and our SEO and our brand equity builds. And we're, we're really, you know, getting our own leads, so to speak, with a focus on the website. And we're still doing a lot of that work. Another big place for us was review sites and SaaS review sites. We're pretty invested in things like G2 and Captera, and there's a couple smaller ones in sort of the HR space. Yeah. But we had um, from, a, from one of our kind of standalone products, Applicant Stack, a pretty robust showing on all of those sites. So it was integrating in Workforce Hub, leveraging the thousands of reviews we had there some of that brand equity and building off that, including Workforce Hub. So over, you know, two years of that, <laughs> we're in a pretty good spot where we are, you know, hitting our goals. We now have the direct side of our business accounting for a large chunk of our overall business where two years ago, it was 99% channel focused. Yeah. So the team has grown from three or four of us I think now we're at 11, we have a full functioning creative team, we have our demand gen team, and we have a product marketing team that's been crucial. And really, I'd say about now, we kind of are up and running with that group and kind of catching our stride. So it took a while, you know, we took some lumps, but yeah. we're pretty excited about where we're at and we've got some exciting things planned for the future. Um, you know, we had a lot of good ideas. The brass said, good idea, now run with it which is fun and rewarding and also like, oh shit, now I have <laughs> a lot of work to do because I had to open my big mouth with some good ideas, but it's a good thing. And, and we're excited about the year that's coming. And, and before we dive into that, you know, one of the things that I just think about is how do you balance that? Hey, channel partners, we're going to continue to invest in you. I obviously can't lose them while yeah. you also build out this direct channel. How do the great how question. Yeah. And we sweated over it. A lot. It was obviously the main hurdle to us not going direct before. Those relationships are important. Um, and there's a couple things we implemented. One, we're casting kind of a different net than a lot of our channel. We're going after what I would say are bigger fish. Um, we have, you know, a strategically built direct marketing team. A lot of our partners don't have that. You know, really, they're going into their existing client base. They might be advertising some of that stuff, but telling them that, you know, we're not really going after the same market. And also anytime we have any recognition of a lead who's ever been in our system associated with a partner, or if they mention a partner that is routed to them instantly. And that business is given to them right away to make sure we're not stepping on anyone's toes. It took a little while to kind of get that sorted. And I think overall the reaction has been, has been fine. Um, we just had to make sure, you know, there's a whole other section of marketing that is dedicated to our channel partners, helping us find new partners and helping them better market our products to their install base, to their existing partners. And I think they see that love. There's a big investment in time support um, to really make sure the channel keeps on humming along like it's done for four years. Great. 
Yeah. Well, I know, I know we want to dive into kind of like some key learnings from this last year. It's kind of yeah. the second, third year of you guys going direct. Yeah. A little bit further into that evolution. What what did you guys take out of 2022? Uh, so I mentioned, you know, big ideas and then being tapped to run with them. Yeah. And one of the big ones was being able to trial kind of our Workforce Hub Essentials is what it's called, Workforce Hub Essentials product, which is kind of the base layer in. And it gives you all of the basic HR stuff, a medium to small business would need to run. Time and attendance for hourly employees, automated scheduling, um, hiring, onboarding if you need it, and a bunch of HR stuff that comes with it. And until about August, we really didn't offer a way to trial it. You had to come in, fill out a form, and that would mean you were going to talk to a member of our sales team and get a demonstration of the product and hopefully move on from there. So we thought, kind of hacking it together, could we push a trial? And to start, all it was was our SDRs um, mentioning the trial as leads would come in. And what started to happen is that a lot of these people said, I would like to take a trial. And before we knew it, we had 100 people trialing the product. And more importantly than that, people who were trialing the product were converting to opportunities at a much higher rate and converting to wins at a much higher rate. And we did our best to capture every bit of data in this process that we could, because as me and my peer, Travis, who's our product marketer, director of product marketing, we have to go to a, a development and a product team who are always slammed, like any company, with a huge product roadmap that goes forever, let's just say, and come to them and say, we think this is important and we have some data to back it up, but we're going to need your help to have things like the ability to automatically spin up a trial without talking to a member of our sales team, for example, um, the ability to get support within the app other things like that that the product doesn't have now but with the success of this trial trial period mm -hmm. in 2022 as we were goal planning in october november for this year that was this is on you guys are running with it and here's your goals for number of trials and wins off trials for 2022 um which is a little daunting but exciting and we'd love to see an idea a big idea that we had you know, which started on a whiteboard. How does this work? How do we turn them on? How do we get them to a paid client? All of this stuff uh, is coming to fruition. So in 2023, that's really one of my main focuses on top of just maintaining our average, you know, our normal business day to day, yeah. getting people to the site, getting demos. And so people today have the option to demo or trial. And more and more, we're seeing people take that trial option. So all kind of happening in real time <laughs> and sure. we're bootstrapping it a bit but it's exciting it feels like it's working and and we're running with it and that was that was you know 2022's big idea that turned into what we're doing in 2023 for a while sure. yeah uh, before we dive into 2023 that's one of the things i've always been impressed with you dan is you're so good at building those relationships and i remember when we were working together at uh, experticity at the time expert voice mm -hmm. now uh, you're really good at building those those relationships with the sales team, with other parts of the marketing team. Um, and I think that's so important, especially as you're yeah. more senior in your career, to be able to uh, build a relationship. I'm sure the first time you talked to the product team wasn't when you were going and pitching, you know, hey, yeah. we want to create this free trial. Uh, and same with the SDRs, you know, that's a lot of work of three different parts of the org that are yeah. that 
combining on that. What are your thoughts? Like, what? How do you approach that? Does it come naturally for you? I don't think it comes naturally for everybody. So I think. You know, um, well, you're right. It, it it can be a difficult relationship. I mean, we have to remember we're all on the same team, and sometimes that can get lost at a time. Um, I think you know, typically when something comes up where sales and marketing might be kind of gnashing at each other a little bit, usually it's like do we need to sit down with one person or the other and kind of talk through this one instance or this one lead that caused kind of this snafu? And let's keep our eyes on the big picture here. We all have the same goals. We're all connected. And then, you know, I try to be as personable as possible. I tend to try to kill people with kindness. In the professional world, I'd say I'm about 60% success rate with that. But, you know, that's kind of naturally who I am. And I stick with that for better or worse. And the other thing, learning from you, my peers, when we did go to that product or development team, we knew we had to come with data and not just Travis, my product marketer, and I saying we have an idea we think will work um, and building that up and bringing together a solid presentation that, you know, in a month I have to present to my entire company on how it started, where it's going and what's going to happen. So that's, you know, kind of my high level look at it. But ultimately, we're all on the same team. We all have the same goals. And, you know, it's funny not to get too off. We just had a, a company-wide meeting yesterday. And something our CEO always says is one of the things in business that we'll always deal with is change is always constant. And sure. change is hard and it's scary. You know, taking the company direct was scary. A pandemic was a massive change. Introducing a trial, which will adjust how we work, our SDRs, our SEs, everybody works, um, is scary but you've got to keep moving forward. You've got to accept that change and kind of roll with it um, and making sure we're all on the same page and understanding that has been helpful as well. Great insight. Yeah, thank you yeah. for sharing that. All right, so 2022, you implement it. What are you guys focusing on 2023? So we talked about the trial and a lot of my focus is on how to get that trial really humming and up to speed. And I don't want to get too much in the product and development side. That's not really what we're here for. That's a big part of it. but for us, it's what tools can we get to really, I think, convert people to taking that trial. We are getting traffic to the site, starting to market the trial in our PPC campaigns and LinkedIn. And when we get them to the site, how do we really capture that and make sure they convert and convert as a, as a qualified lead? Mm -hmm. So we're implementing some new tools to kind of pull this off. And it's been kind of crazy. You sign all these contracts in 2022 for a 23 launch. And now I'm implementing these three things with you know, everybody on my team has a hand in it. Everybody on, <laughs> we need development help, our sales ops team, everything. But the ones that we're excited about, there's three of them that are hopefully going to kick off here in a few days. The first one is Drift. And that's a, that's a chat tool at its base level is something you would talk to it as. And we're all familiar with visiting a site and having the ability to start a chat with a live person. And we've had a basic version of that via HubSpot. We use HubSpot as our marketing automation tool but it was really basic. You can set up some real smooth, kind of simple playbooks. Do you need support? Are you interested in sales? Other. And it does okay, right? You get still a lot of overlap between support, getting into sales, it causes some issues. And it didn't do much more than that. Drift does a lot more than that. What excites me about Drift is how sophisticated it can get on kind of the demand gen of side. So, if someone visits our site and we already know who they are, for example, and they engage with the chat, 
Drift recognize that it's all connected with HubSpot and Salesforce and can get them to you know, their SE or their account manager and get them in a real chat as opposed to trying to fish around and just get anybody. Um, it has a lot more detailed ways to qualify people. We know where they are, for example. Um, and so we're excited to get that up and running. The other part that will come with that is the support side, but to start, really it's a tool for us kind of get them in the chat, get them either to a real person or in the trial right away that they can do right outside of Drift in one click. And so those are big differences that Drift provides. I've got a lot to learn with that tool, but we're excited to get it up and running and really see what we can do with it. You know, they're, they're pricey tools, but they do a lot. And, you know, it's just us making sure we understand the tool and really implementing everything we can and getting all we can out of it. So Excited to launch that. I know a lot of people use a chat. We have, this is our first time with a really sophisticated next step one. So excited to see how that goes. Um, another one that I personally love is the idea of these product walkthroughs. And I don't know how clear that is to people, but the idea that you can sort of get your hands on a product, see what it looks like, click through really, you know, what the actual product looks like without actually being in it. So we've invested in a tool called Toriel. There's a bunch of them out there. We looked at another one called Walnut. Uh, we had been using a really cheap one in the past called App Demo Store, if you're just looking to dip your toe into that world. But what's great about a little bit more sophisticated tool like Toriel is relatively easily, you can guide three people through a really curated, sort of beautiful view of the product without having to fill out a form. And in a world where the way I look at it a lot of times, purchasing SaaS software like I do for our business, I know what happens when I have to fill out that form. And I also know there's a knowledge gap from what can I get out of your website? What can I get out of review sites? Do I have peers who have used it? You know, you can get a lot out of that, but it still feels you like you're wanting more. Sure without really taking that jump. And so for us on our main kind of website pages, our main conversion pages, we do lead with a focus on conversion, but right there is the ability to take that tour and get a look at what you're potentially purchasing um, and how it works in real time. So we've seen a lot of great success with them. We have really just two main ones and a couple different versions of those up and running. And I can pull reports, not only and see kind of the interaction in the tours, but it's really easy for me because they integrate with HubSpot and Salesforce to yeah. see where did a tour influence someone's decision? Did they start at the tour? And some people have quite a few. Did they get a tour in a nurture email when they had visited sales? Or did they just, you know, stumble upon one in the several places we have them? And I have dozens and dozens of opportunities who have been through one, two, three tours and converted into closed one um, customers. So I'm thrilled with those. I think they're cool. They're the way we've set them up. They're five to 10 clicks. They're not this outrageous thing where you can click on every single button, but you can quickly see for us, for example, hey, how do I add my employees into this time and attendance tool? How do I set up a PTO policy? I'm busy. I have 25 employees. I just need this to work. I can show you how to do that quickly without having to talk to anybody. So that one's pretty exciting. Again, the brand we use is Toriel, um, but there's a bunch out there and we're pretty thrilled with how they've worked so far. Yeah, um, I, 
see how that would be an influential thing for a yeah you know a buyer to be able to to kind of experience that firsthand without having to fill out that form well and they're super shareable so if i don't have a decision maker let's say you know you can just send a tour and say you know what do you think of this one to a decision maker and that's another little thing that we can add to sort of you know make that process a little bit easier um so we've been thrilled with them we've got big plans with them part of what we'll do and use Torial 4 will even be sort of training people in our trial period. That's another big lift we've got with the trial. Yeah. We don't need to be, you know, these aren't necessarily current clients yet. We send them to support. I'm not sure. We've unrolled what we call Workforce Hub University, which sort of provides that real high level. It's not a knowledge base, but it is a way to say, hey, how do I do some of these basic things? And for people in the trial period, it usually can answer everything they need. Um, and we use tours to kind of walk people through some of those things they might get caught up on. And it works the same way. You could just follow it, click here, upload your CSV or whatever it is, you know, push to payroll. You can see how all these things work. And for me, that's comforting. It's a nice way to learn about things and see how it goes. So we're pretty excited Absolutely. about it. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. You said there was one more? One more. One more. And I know, you know, I probably will get some groans for, for saying this, but we're, we're finally kind of dipping our toe into the buyer intent data kind of minefield. And I know people have been doing this for a while now, and you can do it all sorts of different ways. Um, but we actually are dipping our toe into buyer intent with, with G2, the review site, and really specifically to our applicant tracking tool, which is called Applicant Stat. Um, so what's cool about this is G2, you know, it's their site. They know who's visiting their site, what kind of uh, activity they're doing, who they're researching. So for us, what's neat about it is we can in real time kind of remarket to people who are either looking for applicant, track, applicant tracking systems in general. Are they looking at our profile, which we would consider someone we really want to be in front of and get our advertising in front of? Are they looking at our competitors, which ones that can help tee up a sales conversation without being creepy and just saying, you know, I noticed you're looking at, you know, so-and-so, you know, Acme, you know, a recruiting tool. Here's some of the benefits we have against them, you know, those types of things. And the other neat thing it can do uh, for our sales team is integrate directly with Salesforce. So if we have an existing lead or opportunity in our pipeline, they can be notified in real time on this account's activity. And it's account level, company level stuff. We don't know the individual necessarily. But you can get notified. Hey, they're, they're back researching us pretty hard on G2. That's a good sign. Let's make sure we follow up with them on our account management side. If it's an existing account and they're researching heavily three of our competitors, that's an opportunity for us to reach out and say, hey, maybe we need to get in front of them, make sure everything's okay. So that's another one of the ones we're rolling out right now. You know, the APIs between HubSpot, Salesforce, making sure it works, training the sales team, but all moving along and something, and just another tool we're using to try to kind of boost conversion rates on the site, make sure we're you know putting our best foot forward. So excited to get that one going. Yeah, you'll have to come back later in the year and let us know how it goes. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it went. It'll either be um, good or bad. We'll we'll put it we'll see. I'm 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 pretty optimistic. We're just getting rolling, but um excited to see how it goes. Well, even if it's bad, you get that learning opportunity, right? You can yeah, that's right. That's the way to put it. What did we learn in 2023? You know, <laughs> not to get us too off course. I remember. One of my first big learning experiences and getting kind of swindled with 
marketing tech or, or fancy words was us purchasing a list for way more than we should have at the launch of our launch really of experticity and very quickly realizing what it means to torch you know your email <laughs> sending power um what it means to be in front of people who don't know you and yeah we chalked that one up and i've kept that one in my memory my whole life and had to walk people off the ledge of spending ten thousand dollars on a list um and it's I've never done that everywhere you go yeah, it always pops up. Hey, we can. And I have been haunted by these list selling folk my entire career. I cannot opt out. I cannot. There's nothing I can do. They know me. I'm a mark. It happened. So, but right, we'll we'll learn from those experiences if we need to and move forward. <laughs> Love it. Uh, pivoting just a little bit, you know, I, we talked about you know early days of are working together and i know we were both pretty early in our careers at that point yeah tell me about what it was like for you breaking into your marketing career for those that may be interested yeah. out there thinking how did i do that so you know i had graduated from school and was a bartender for quite a while um but you know i, I knew i didn't want to be a bartender forever and started to look around and work my network and really um started to kind of see that I could be a fit in some of these sort of junior marketing roles and work in my network for people who had those types of roles. And it was a friend of mine, Scott Logan, who's been a mentor and, and a big a big help in my career for a long time, uh, got me my first or you know interview and a job I ended up getting with United Healthcare. And what's funny about that job, you know, this is over 10 years ago, this is a long time ago. It was sort of the start of marketing automation. And they didn't really know what it was. We didn't really know what it was, but everyone was excited about the idea that because everything's digital, hey, we can track and do and follow everyone around the internet and it's going to work perfectly and everyone's going to love it. You know, we're going to email them and we're going to do all this fancy stuff based off their activity. And to start back then, we were using a tool called a Primo, a marketing automation platform that I don't even know if it exists. It probably was purchased and turned into something else. Yeah, it's probably named something else at this point. But man, was the was the technology something different? You know, I remember trying to put together, you know, what, what HubSpot would call a workflow to do something simple, like send an email to this list, but not to this group if they've answered this way in the past or whatever. And three and a half hours later, I might send an email and my hand would be, you know, just shaking over that click. Um, but, you know, learned a lot. And sort of that was my kind of step in and where I really feel like I started to get um, a, a grasp on things was moving to experticity and working with you, working with Jim Black, who I hope you'll interview on here soon, and taking things to a much more sophisticated and higher level. And we did have better technology. Um, that's where I really started to get a grasp on things like Salesforce, which is a necessary evil, but an extremely powerful tool in getting my getting comfortable in there. And then just getting a lot more, you know, dialed in, in the data that we were using to kind of influence all the decisions we made. And that was kind of a big aha moment for me. I remember our VP of marketing at the time was Inga, Inga Johnson. And it was, we all kind of loved the pretty fun part of marketing, but that needs to be paired with a real data forward approach to really make it work and a real consistent approach. Um, so that's where I felt like I sort of started taking the next steps and it was able to kind of help me get a bigger job to where I'm at now and kind of you know, I still kind of try to pound those same ideals through with what we do. You know, my ideas have evolved a little bit. The market I'm in has evolved, obviously. 
but but that was the start and it's funny to think back on how kind of crude the tools were how powerful they are now and then also sort of a coming back to reality on you know yes i can track everything everyone does but it takes effort to turn that into something right <laughs> and, you know just because you can you know now what kind of thing and that's sort of where i've been really trying to to move forward over the past couple of years yeah i i used to get really enamored with tools for sure and yeah. I think what you guys are doing where you have a business purpose for it and then the tools yeah. building that's the big difference right it used yeah. to be this is the best tool i want to use it and that, you know that was probably because it was junior but it really you know i've evolved that way too where it's like okay yeah i can go spend a lot of time with a lot of tools but if yep. we don't have a way to actually make it have a business impact, then uh, it's probably not where we want to spend our time. Yeah, that's um, true. Only to add to that, the, you know, like all of us do as marketers, we do a really good job of making it look like you can just buy this thing and it's going to work. And, you know, implementing them correctly, keeping them maintained, and they can hum along and do a lot of great things. But I don't know that people understand the amount of work that comes with, with that side of things. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into the automation of marketing. Yes, exactly. You don't just flip it on. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, effort that goes into that. Yeah. Well, Dan, I really enjoyed our chat. Um, I know we wanted to keep this to about a half hour, so uh, yeah. we're going to cut it off here. But I really appreciate you joining, uh, sharing your insights. I'm sure there may be uh, questions, comments in the in the chat at the end. I'm I'm hope I'm not speaking too <laughs> too much for you, but. We'll definitely keep our eyes out on that. And Dan's, I, I think we'll be happy to, to answer any questions people have and you know, let us know what you think. And uh, Dan, I, I wouldn't want anybody else to be my, <laughs> my first guest. So I appreciate yeah. you doing that and uh, being willing to be a guinea pig here. Well, it was super fun, man. Thank you for having me. I look forward to the other ones coming. Make sure Jen Black's on there. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, and I'll talk to you here soon. Okay, talk to you later. All right, see you, buddy. Bye.